to um, encode and broadcast? I use Roadcaster. What program though? Um, like uh, Podbean. OBS? No, Podbean has its own um, its own source. So, guys, give okay. me a five five. We're gonna you, okay. It's better on my end. Um, John, get, uh, say something real quick. Hello, how's it going? Can you hear me now? Could you guys just hear John? Perfect. All right, well, we're good to go. Dustin, you want to say something real quick, and we'll give you a test. I am here. All right, there's Dustin. He said, I am here. Okay. All right. It must have been a Podbean issue. Yeah, there we go. Must have okay. been a Podbean. Right. So I apologize, guys. It always does this. And uh, you know what I changed? Nothing. So it had to be Podbean. But you know what? That's because they don't want us to talk about what we're going to be talking about tonight. And tonight is going to be our Q&A. So, guys, go ahead and start asking a little bit of um, some of those questions. Um, Libin's got some questions, and she'll ask those as well. So she's already gotten some uh, questions from people that generally listen to the show post-broadcast um, because we wanted to include them as well because everyone loves John. Everyone loves Dustin. Everyone's got great questions. So, uh We'll go ahead and start off while we're waiting for you guys to send questions here in the chat, and we'll get some of the questions asked now um, that we have had sent to us. So, um, you want to go ahead and read them? Okay. So, okay. So, Dustin, what site does he comb for his updates? Which site is he wary of control opposition? Seems more and more surfacing. Yeah. So, Dustin, what, what, um, when you go through and you, you know, look at people's uh, telegrams, Twitters, and stuff like that, like, is there anyone out there that you trust? Because there's a lot of people, as we talked about earlier, that are paid opposition and they're more interested in the money than telling the truth or hurting people's feelings. And sometimes truth hurts, but you got to tell the truth. And it's one thing that I really respect about you is that you do your research, you say what's up and, and you're not afraid to do so. John is the exact same way, um, but you stay neutral, but you tell the truth. So is there anyone out there that you like on telegram twitter and stuff like that that you trust um because there's a lot of people like i said that i don't trust any longer you know there there are a few people that i trust but you know specifically like why do i trust people would probably be a better formula just to generally teach people and i don't trust easily first of all obviously they have to be uh telling some controversial truths and I don't necessarily force them to be right about everything. Like I, there are people that I trust their intentions. I think that they're honest, they're seeking because when they learn something, they adapt. Mm -hmm. And then there are other people that seem to know everything, but when they learn something that they were wrong on, they do not change. They still push the, uh, the narrative. Yes. So you have to watch the patterns and you also have to see, are they really being persecuted? There's a word called parhesia. And this word basically means a truth teller who is suffering persecution for telling the truth. Yes. It's something that Jesus or many of the people in the Bible would have been very familiar with, even though it's not a word that you see. Parhesia is a way to tell if someone is over the target. Um, and that's basically, you know, like the uh, famous saying attributed to Voltaire, uh, if you want to know who, you're, who rules the world, find out who you're not allowed to criticize. So if you, if someone's being canceled heavily, if someone unbanked, if someone's getting targeted, uh, if someone's getting uh, uh, harassed by the FBI for their reporting about the uh, the, the border camps of uh, foreign illegal Chinese immigrants and such accumulating on our southern border now, uh, for example, um, because now there's a journalist being targeted for that by the FBI coming to her house. These kind of things show parhesia and they show courage and they so they show a willingness basically to give up everything just to just to wake up your fellow neighbor. I mean, people like this often have families, often are successful, often had uh, everything to lose. 
and then often were willing to risk everything in order to defend their children and their neighbors. Well said. I mean, really, really well said. Um, you know, one thing that I also, you know, would suggest too is that you know, when you're watching someone, and I'm not going to, you know, point out anybody specific, um, how many times do they send you a link during their show for money? Um, how many times do they mention it live? You know what I'm saying? Um, how many ways are they trying to push to where this is about finance and so forth like that? Now, obviously, this is a job. Um, you know, so I don't have a problem with anybody who is making a little bit of money because we have to live and research takes a lot of time. Man, sometimes it can take, you know, eight to 12 hours a day, more than a regular average shift. But um, when it seems to be all that it's about um, and they're trying to create divisiveness, because the thing is, is in a world of information, it's not about who is the one giving you the information as much as the information itself. That's what's important. We are here to put truth out to people. We're not here to be the ones whose name end up in the history book. And as I've said over and over again, um, the one thing that we need is to worry about our, the only book that we need to be worried about is the book of life. Um, other than that, you know, our job is to bring people over to find God, to understand the truth of this world, because in essence, that helps people wake up as well. Now, John, um, I asked, we had the same question for you. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anyone in particular that, that you enjoy going to another, you know, that you have vetted enough and, and gone through with stuff enough, or enough, I can't speak, that um, you trust enough to where you go back daily? Like, I, I like um, Plastic Girl. Is one of the ones that we like to go to. I've actually whittled it down to two at this point, and she's one of them. The other one is Dustin's side on Telegram. And Dustin, exactly. <laughs> so those are the two I look at every Thank day. You. Um, Thank you. And, and a lot of, for the same reasons that Dustin said, and, and we've even talked about that on a show before, is, is trust in general. And why do we trust the people we trust and how do we trust them? And, and what what have they done over time repeatedly that says, Hey, these people are trustworthy enough to actually listen to. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Dustin said it very, very well, but him and like you said, plastic girl are the two I'll look at every day. And she doesn't always report on everything perfect, but like Dustin was saying, she'll retract it. See, if she, if she reports something wrong, she'll come back the next but, day and say, Hey, look, this was incorrect. Yeah. We're not prophets. You know what I'm saying? And right. what do we claim to be? None of this. And that's the thing is that, you know, it's, it's okay to be wrong um, because I've been wrong about some stuff myself. And, you know, what I do is I come back the next episode. I'm like, guys, I apologize. I had this wrong. And that's okay because it also shows that you're humble and you don't have to be right. And that's one thing is that as humans, we spend a lot of time wanting a little notoriety, you know what I'm saying? And that's a lot of what these, a lot of these people are doing. And then a lot of them, Say what you want to hear just to gain your trust, only to turn. And we're seeing a lot of that. We call that paid opposition. And they were put there from the beginning. So they will spend four, five years playing ball on your side only to flip around. Exactly. People pleasers. Um, and but like I said, is there ultimately um paid opposition who are there for that reason? Yeah. Because if you trust them for five years and they turn, then you're like, well. I must still trust them. And, you know, yeah, a lot of people call them pay, P-A-Y, triets. Um, you know, one thing that I always said is to be very careful about, you know, that word because uh, there was a point where everybody that was making a little bit of money doing what they were doing were called pay triots. And, you know, and, and I will argue this, like myself, we, we do um, accept donations. 
And we never say it on the show. We never put the link on the show. I only attach it on the post show, but the donations that we get go back out to people that need something. If they can't afford food, electricity, if their car suddenly breaks down or something like that, we utilize those donations to help other people. But there's a lot of people out there, and I'm trying not to say names because I think most of us know who those people are, are literally just out there making money. And then they turn, they start creating division. And look, we're on the same side. If if they believe one way one day, and you know, we're still in the same movement, whatever the MAGA movement, whatever the the truth movement, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, it's not a matter of device. And even if you have difference of opinion, you shouldn't be spending your time trying to throw others under the bus. And that's always a big red flag too. It is. Great. We got the next question. Okay. So let me go back here. I think I lost it. Okay. Um, let's do this one. Dustin, concerning flat earth, if it's not a globe, how do geostationary satellites work? A pertaining question is stars <laughs> moving across night sky. Uh, repeat that second half so after the okay. satellites. Okay. After the satellites, it says work. How do satellites work? A pertaining question is stars moving across night sky. Um, I'm, I'm not under sure, uh, sure I understand the yeah. question, but I, I can address the first half and I can think I can address the second half. Um, in regards to the first half, things like the ISS, the International Space Station and such, that's total propaganda. They keep getting caught with harnesses and bubbles and CGI and, and dropping the ball without, you know, supposedly having gravity in space, but things <laughs> drop and reaching for things that are not there and green screening and drowning. And I could keep going. Um, just because um, they're faking space does not mean that they do not have the ability to send signals or even have things up in the sky. So basically, uh, this goes back to NASA and being the largest buyer or purchaser of helium in the world. They have a bunch of uh, virtually invisible balloons that are filled with, I think, coal powder or something like that, which heats up when hit by sun. And it keeps these things up in the sky for a very long time. And that's the old technology. So it's not satellites, it's satellites, and they only work if you don't think that they're Chinese spy balloons and you don't shoot them down. Uh, that's yes. what's been happening lately, and people are catching on to it. Yeah, and that's actually really well said because John up here tried to drive his Jeep up the space and he couldn't make it past the stratosphere. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it, this, there's a second part. Go ahead, finish, the, and I'll address that second part yeah. as well. I was going to say, you know, that was one big thing too, is that you know, all of a sudden we, no one knew about these, these balloons with the satellites. And then all of a sudden, not only do we see that one that they were trying to call a Chinese spy, spy balloon, but you started seeing more of those things after that, you know, so it kind of opened a conversation up at the very, very least. And, and you said something yeah. that's pretty dynamic is that, um, NASA is the biggest buyer of helium on our planet. So what yeah. would they use helium for? They certainly don't use it for jet propulsion. Yeah, and they don't talk. They're not doing it to talk like Mickey Mouse in the office. Yeah, exactly. I would be, but you know. <laughs> yeah, and and you can see how Polaris, for example, lines up every year the exact same spot. I mean, there's ancient. There are ancient buildings where there are like pinhole lines of like ten feet through concrete or through stone, like basalt, for example. And the, the Polaris yeah. lines up that one time every year on the same night perfectly, where that whole line. I mean, it's the same time. It's it's perfect. That's a real problem if we're flying through space. Yeah, we're not shot. Basically, they tell us that we're cannonballing through space 
with water clinging to us while a shotgun blast is following <laughs> behind us. Yeah, it's and amazing. We barely feel a breeze, and our like you know the swimming pools don't throw, uh, jump out at us. The, the scrapers don't fly off the building. The ocean isn't the following perfect behind lakes us. that are mirrored. You know the yeah. perfect mirror lakes that that don't have a ripple on them on a still day. Yeah. So with the, you know, you can see, for example, the Big Dipper, it makes sort of a uh, giant circle above us if you just look at the season. So if anybody wants to, to, to compare their own personal perspective, if they just go find the Big Dipper in their own night sky and then compare it every season for four seasons, you'll see it in a giant circle above us. Um, just on that one, you know, on, on one side of our supposed sphere. And it's not because we're you know, spinning, it's because the sky is perfectly spinning above us uh, as the hands of a clock. We're on the face of a watch looking up. You know, someone, um, and I just, I, I love the different arguments that people have one way or the other, but one that I always love is, you know, if the earth was spinning as fast as it is, wouldn't it take you less time to get from California to New York than it would from New York to California? Yeah, 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 yeah. It should, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, there. Okay. Every way you can imagine. I mean, uh, every uh, hurricanes, um, um, tsunamis, yes. okay. uh, moonlight, uh, 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 tidal waves, uh, cameras, lasers, curve, all of it. There's nothing that they actually have that proves a single bit of curve, a single bit of space, a single bit of globe, a single bit of movement. They have not a single experiment to show movement, not a single photo of the so-called globe. It's all art. Some of it has sex written in the clouds, you know, that was the Obama era, right. you know, yeah. blue marble, but they're all different. None of their maps agree with each other. They're all uh, basically just theories that are, they, they do not hold up. You know, my opinion is that the moon is much closer and it's only 70 miles wide. Yeah, Because that's we, the size of the eclipse of the shadows. You know, we, we, much, much closer, much smaller. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. We've, we've seen the moon every day this week, mm -hmm. like all day long. During the day. Yeah, there hasn't been one point during the day that we have not seen the moon. And I know that that, you know, it's not, I mean, it happens, but it's just, it's, it's odd when it stands out. Like I said, it's been like that all week long, three, four o'clock in the afternoon, you're still looking at the moon. Mm -hmm. So I've got a next question is, um, uh, do you find in alt media, a lot of hosts are claiming to be godly now? Um, yet you find them nasty and competitive and divisive. And, and I will say, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people that are using God because that's part of the grift. You know what I'm saying? They, they will grift any way they can. If they start losing traction one way, they'll come up with another method. And right now, um, you know, they, there was a South Park episode at one time where the, the kids were making um, Christian videos because there was so much money to be made in Christian videos. And that's the thing is that there's a lot of money to be made targeting Christians. So I'm starting to see a lot of the grifters that, never talked about God starting to talk about God because they're losing yeah. the Q, you know, they're using the excitement of Q and all that other stuff. So they have to move somewhere else and, and get money from a different audience. So what, can, what are your, can I speak to that yeah, for please. a second? Yes. You, you kind of, you touched on this earlier and I was thinking in the back of my head, that's sort of like the Miley Cyrus, like sort of alternative media sleeper agent, you know, they, they're all cute and Disney when they're young. And then later on after the children grow up, learning to love and trust this particular idol or, or role model in their life, then they become absolute sluts and de degraded, like you know, whore all over TV. 
So it's like the Miley Cyrus model. Like they build up trust for X amount of years, and then they use that trust to tank a generation of, of, of gullible uh, targets. And that's kind of how they do it with some of these alternative media figures. Same thing they do with the Disney characters, the, the little kids and the cute uh, you know, D- Disney dance things. But when they get older and then they have a generation of, of, uh, of teenagers following them as their role model, mm-hmm. then they start to turn on the yes. smut. So it's the same thing. They, when they're ready, they will activate their liars embedded in alternative media. People telling us the truth right now about one or more issues yep. who will then tell us a lie at the right time to betray us. Yeah, Taylor Swift is probably the best example mm-hmm. of that right now. That oh, yeah. bring her up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And Go ahead, John. It, could, I, could I speak to that too? Yeah, please. Um, and, and yeah, you're right though. A lot of these guys are starting to cling on to... Uh, to uh, Christianity, and and I think that's why it's really important to know your scripture and know what sound doctrine is. Yes, because you'll be able to tell them by their by their actions and by their words. You'll well, be able to you'll yes. be able to vet them by the way they speak if you know your Bible. Trust yep. me, if they're not Christians and they're using it as a grift, they're not going to go through and learn the Bible just enough to where they can grift you. You'll catch them in a lie. Yeah. Can I give you an example? Yeah, please. Man, I would love to give you an example. <laughs> so I was at a date last night with this guy who says Jesus is a pedophile named Jeffrey Darby. Uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of well known. And he's got this thing where he claims to be the greatest Christian whistleblower. And I'm not, yeah, not going to spend. I've heard of him. Yeah. I'm not going to spend this time to, to go after him in particular. But I want to use one example from that debate. Um, and people can find this on debatism. But he basically was going through part of the Bible. I, I think it's in Deuteronomy. I get exactly where. Um, where. Uh, the most high apportioned his uh, uh, allotment of Jacob and his nation, and then also the other nations and sort of divided the nations among the sons of God. I forget exactly where in the Bible is, but he, he tried to conflate uh, the most high and Yahweh as two different characters in the Bible, as though Yahweh, the God of the Bible were a sub God of those groups. Just like right there, the context does not say that it does not make any sense at all. And he's a supposed 40-year veteran biblical scholar. But that's the sort of thing where, like, if they're not honest, you can test the spirits. You can test by the doctrine. Yes. And you, we're basically the fact that all of these people are talking about the Bible now is because we're moving closer toward real truth in this world. Right. A lot of lies are falling. A lot of these lies are falling behind. A lot of the people who took these lies are dead already. So discernment is increasing and we're getting closer and the lies are going to get a little bit more complicated. So uh, I think that's where I come in to help people to try to see where I think a lot of this uh, theology has been twisted. You know, and your, your story has a lot of power to it, being that you spent most of your life as an atheist and then going to disprove scripture only to prove it so much that here we are talking about it. And this is where you research now. You went from researching a lot of the other things that are taking place in this world, then you still do, but you focus now on the one thing that's important because all in all, the other stuff's going to happen. It's out of our hands. But the one thing that is in our hands is the relationship with God. We get to make that decision. We have the free will to make that choice. And I think you're doing um, a valuable service um, where you are focusing right now. Well, you know, people forget that like my main focus before this was child trafficking. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the darkest, most horrible topic of all. And I came to this by trying to figure out the motive of the elite who would engage in beyond 
child trafficking, the actual child sacrifice stuff, the eyes wide shut stuff, I mean, yes. the actual things that the elite are engaged in, the mystery Babylon, the, the Bohemian Grove stuff, uh, the Epstein underneath the island uh, temple yes. stuff that I'm talking about here. So I wanted to figure out why. I wanted to understand their a deep state belief system of mystery Babylon. And for years, I believed that it was a mafia-esque sort of blackmail, mutually assured destruction, uh, a trust technique. If, um, if you're going to join the mafia as a made man, you'll go out with a couple of other guys who are already in and you'll murder someone together and you'll all pull the trigger. That way you're all mutually guilty. That way you have a sure destruction. You're not going to go rat. It's the same theory I had with the deep state and it made the most sense. But then I realized they really do believe this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they're really engaging right. in this stuff over a period of thousands of years. It's in the Bible. It's in history. It's in uh, pretty much every continent. They've been kicked out of 109 nations for eating Christian babies. This is not just a, a modern belief system. Yeah. It's not just a mutually assured belief. You know, th this is legit. So when I started to research their actual belief system, it took me to Genesis as an atheist and it clicked. Everything else made sense. And when I started to test the Bible, including prophecies and miracles like the flood, like Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, well bones on tops of every mountaintop in the world, unnaturally pure sulfur balls sticking out of an Armageddon wasteland yeah, incinerated with like blackened bone stumps sticking out everywhere from Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, God sulfur in the world too. Yeah. He microwaved that place. I mean, he just he nuked it. Um, and, and then all of the prophecies that came true by the thousands or at least hundreds and in hundreds or even thousands of years apart in fine detail every single time. Absolutely proof of a God, but I discovered God through researching the deep state. That's pretty cool. The, the, the giants and them hiding the giants are what kind of sealed the deal for me. Yeah, because they are the giants. It's not big right. anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here we got, we're, we're, our <laughs> Which, speaking of that, um, there was actually, uh, Nathan had asked a question about uh, the Nephilim. And the being uh, the people have a Nephilim and genetics in their DNA. If they truly worship the Father, can they be saved to go to heaven, be part of Christ's loving family? Um, and I want to get your take on this, Dustin. That as far as I understand, Nephilim were the descendants of the fallen angels, and their inner inbreeding between females, human females. Yeah, and they don't have what what. The creator breathed into all of us and all creation. They don't have that breath of life in them. So th this is uh, it's it's a difficult topic, and I really hate to give people bad news. I mean, I, I don't like to be a bearer of bad news, although it's my job. <laughs> um, I, I can't find any good reasons to think that a nephilim can be saved. I mean, Jesus literally told them, right. "Where I go, you cannot follow." He told them, "If you're not born from above, you cannot enter." Uh, a lot of people say you have to be born again, but it's it's also that you have to be born from above. You have to be born from Yahweh, and the Nephilim were earthborn. In fact, uh, we get demons from the Nephilim right. spirits when they die. The dead giants become demons, and they wander because they do not pass to the same place, which is Sheol, the place of waiting. So uh, I, I don't think so. I hate, I mean, there, there was someone in my chat room earlier asking this. I have people in my own audience that have Nephilim blood who are worried about this. And I, I don't know what to say, except, you know, through him, all things are possible, but I just don't see a way to argue it or to debate it or to, uh, to try to preach it for sure. 
how would you even know? So um, we can trace through the peoples as a as a tribe, um, not necessarily through individuals easily, unless you do blood tests and, and you know, genealogies and such. But as tribes, we can research the history, we can research the anthropology, which is their movements, the etymology, which is their words. And we can also research the genetics um, and we can research uh, sort of the ancient histories and cultures and, and uh, the, the, the context and even the Bible itself. For example, the story of Edom. So we can follow, I can follow at least, I don't know if anyone else has ever fully done this, but I've mapped out from uh, Genesis 6, the, it's the Canaanites, through Ham and the post-flood world, the Canaanites then, um, I'm sorry, the Nephilim in the pre-flood world through Ham, Noah's son, his grandson, Noah's grandson, Canaan, and then through the Canaanites, which God said, quote, leave nothing alive of, end quote. And then remember, Saul was replaced as King Saul because he refused to kill all the Amalekites, which came out of Edom, the uh, sort of the main branch of the tree of Edom. And the problem with Edom was that Esau mixed with the Canaanites. So you see this direct lineage from Genesis 6 all the way up till they're no longer even giants. By the time of Jesus, they are calling themselves Igemeans. Uh Herod and Caiaphas are examples. They infiltrated, but they're not giants anymore. I don't even think at this point that they have the six fingers and six toes, generally speaking, although it still happens today. Celebrities sometimes go on interviews and brag about it. You can find celebrities with six finger videos all over the place. My mom had neighbors that had six fingers and six, six toes. Yeah. Working enough. digits. Yeah. Not like yep. deformities. Yep. They had six fingers and six toes. <laughs> yeah. So you can still, you still find the traits and you can still find those sort of uh, genetics uh, in any color because the, they have around the world. But primarily, you find, and this is the biggest controversy in the world, the biggest secret of the deep state, because the deep state are Nephilim. They do have most power in the world. They do run the show behind almost every political group and, and everything else, business, banksters, everything. Um, the, the, the truth is that the Edomites that were calling themselves Igemeans at the time of Jesus changed their names to Ashkenazis, and then they changed their names to Jews. 14, 1500 years later after Jesus, the word Jew was invented and then injected into Bibles. Yeah. I uh, will never do a blood test, so I'll never know that way. Um, as far as I've done, I've done some great research on my lineage and I can get to 500 B or 500 um, AD. Um, yeah. Every, everything lies <laughs> over. Go back and, pretty far. Yeah. Everything yeah. lies in Scotland. And, yeah. you know, and I do know that Scotland itself has got. A lot of these secret societies and stuff um, ingrained in their society. Hmm. Sure. I mean, it was, they, they've been following with us the entire time, these secret societies. God told us, you know, King David was chosen to replace Saul. King David, the, the giant killer, after Saul refused to kill all the giants. And God wanted a man after his own heart to, to go kill monsters, essentially. But um, you, you, you see this story continuing all the way up until the end when Edom is destroyed in Obadiah 18. But in Judges 1 and 2, for example, God is telling us there's a curse. If you don't follow my law, the Jews will get you. That's basically what he's saying when he actually literally specifically says the, uh, the, the nations which Joshua left. That's a reference directly to the Canaanites. Again, the Canaanites, which merged with the Edomites of Esau, which are the deep state of today, the Edom, the the, the basically the seed of the serpent of the second half or, or third third of the um, uh, Bible, because you know you've got the giants, the big ones, then you got the middle half where they're like Goliath, and then later on they're infiltrating 
they're deceiving. They're they're uh, rising up from within in the Gog and Magog war. They're they're not giants anymore, yeah. but they're still evil. Yeah, you know, and everyone ever is questioning or worried. Um, I just I would assume, and I don't know this, my opinion that you know, as a Nephilim bloodline, you probably wouldn't have that deep desire for our Father in heaven. You know what I'm saying? It, it would probably right. be very difficult, you know, fighting with it, um, more of a nostalgia thing, but not that deep love for God, you know? So, and that, well, that's a beautiful thing too. Can I speak to that then? Yeah, yeah. because you find that among the Nephilim, and, and this is, for example, among Jewish culture, but you can find this among the Nephilim, that they are incredibly earthborn, mm -hmm. just like the word says. They are incredibly materialistic. They are all about the good life. If you look at any right. high, high um, price designer luxury industry, it is going to be filled with them. If you look at plastic surgery, 80% of the doctors and customers are them, generally trying to blend in with us. Yes. But they, it's always them. The luxury goods, them. In fact, uh, the Phoenicians, when they blended in with the Phoenicians, they monopolized the purple dye trade, which made them very, very wealthy, among other things. So it's always been about monopolies. It's always been about usury and banksterism. It's always been about the Epstein life. Yeah, or you know? an ego. You know, for instance, um, I'd imagine that a lot of the pagan earth worshipers, the ones that, you know, um, think that it's the earth that gives our energy, they have a natural connection to the creation not the creator it's the party life it's the it's the desires of the flesh and the mind and the body and the ego and the heart yeah. rather than the soul they right. don't see they, they seem to just lack that they don't have that it's like lacking empathy but it's not empathy yes. necessarily it's more yes it's, well they've it's, given up any desire for the afterlife so yeah with with no desire or to uh yeah to be a yeah. part of that everything that they desire is worldly yeah perfect well we're going to go to a next question so um it's uh matt and have asked uh what are the stars and the plan let's start with john here and then we'll, we'll move on to you dustin because john's we talked about this one before so what are the stars and the planets that we see in the sky what's your theory at least he's just curious and and john i'll, I'll start <laughs> with you and then i'll move on to dustin right i think that it's all sound and luminescence I think it's all air bubbles trapped in solution. And I think there's waters above, just like it says in the Bible. And uh, there are air bubbles trapped in that solution in specific locations with interference patterns running through them. And with the interference frequencies running through them, it causes them to collapse and, and uh, collapse and expand so rapidly that it, it ignites them. It's called sonic luminescence. And they've repeated it in labs. It's something that you can look up. But I think that's what stars are. I yeah. think they're sonoluminescence. And this is I don't different. think they're burning gas at all. Yeah. Dustin, what are your theory on that? Well, I've seen a picture of an actual star when you really zoom in, not the stuff they show you. And it's it looks more, honestly, to me, it looked like multiple concentric rings within rings, just like one of the types of angelic beings described in scripture, the one with the eyes. I forget the type. But it looked like a rainbow in a blender, honestly. It did not look like a fireball. Yeah, and that kind of falls into what John's saying, is that, yeah, it's not like a gas explosion on fire, um, something no, different. It's, in, it's liquid. It's in liquid. Yeah, because even, you know, when you're watching um, SpaceX, um, you've seen a lot of that. You've got all this like, phosphorus light or whatever, what, what they claim it to be. Oh, it's from the gas from the rockets or whatever. But to me, when you really look at it, 
it looks like a water running through water, how it kind of spreads out, you know what I'm saying? So that was one of my, my things that I was wondering is are these constant rockets and stuff that they're putting up, are they trying to break through the firmament? You know, the, the, they, go, ahead. go ahead, Dustin. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to, I was going to say that there are differences of opinion about what the firmament consists of. Some people just think of it as a giant ice wall or a uh, glass bubble. Um, but there have been some opinions that did make some form of sense to me that, that I could show some evidence for. Um, and, and this is recent to me. I haven't really made up my mind, but some people consider it to be a sort of hyper dense super water where, you know, probably hit that thing with a train and it's just barely going to send a little bubble ripple. Basically it's just incredibly dense. And, um, that could make sense. Um, if it's not necessarily in like a frozen area, like in Antarctic, we've seen the sort of, uh, the whistleblowers blue, talking about um, sky ice. ice. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, we saw that amateur rocket guy who sent up the, the one rocket that famously just sort of got stuck and yeah. then sort of spun and, and showed flat earth. That guy, yeah. that would have exploded on a solid. It had to have been some sort of a hybrid dense liquid that, that, um, that caught a rocket and just sort of if held I it. could interject. I think it is an super dense, uh, electromagnetic plane of inertia. It could do it, yeah. Anything that could catch it without like just crimpling it on impact. Right, because water water's really polar. So, you know, I I have no idea how God designed it or how it worked, but I, I that's what I think it is. Mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's a magnetic plane of inertia that holds it all back. Well, you've seen what they call the underwater lake. So it's like under the ocean, they're they're down on the bottom and they come across what looks like an ocean or a lake or something under the ocean. And when they try to go into it with, with a sub or something like that, they basically just bounce off of it. You know what I'm talking about? Huh. Yeah, I have heard of this. Yeah, that's crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, pretty crazy. I mean, imagine how much of the ocean we really have not explored. See, I mean, that's the, the true unknown. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have it is. Very untouched most of it, not to mention the surface. Um, and then you have to go underneath. And we're talking like miles down. You know, there's, we haven't even touched this ocean. Um, we, we're still finding animals on this earth, on the land that we walk that we've never seen before. You know, so imagine once they get into some of the deeper areas of some of the ocean they've never been to, you know, Lord knows what's out there. Lord literally knows yeah. what's out there. Um, next question. Um, this is from Death Sink. He asks, uh, are chemtrails real? And uh, this is a great conversation, too, because um, I think more and more people are starting to see them, understand the difference, the the difference between the lie of the, oh, that's just a stratosphere and the gas and so forth. But if you watch an average plane, um, the trails dissipate as the plane moves. You know what I'm saying? So it may be like, um, you know, 100, 200 feet from our perspective behind them. But as the plane moves, the trail dissipates. But these certain trails will stay up in the sky all day long. And um, I'm starting to think that a lot of people are seeing the difference now they're realizing the lies they are starting to see that these planes exist where they're actually dropping some kind of stuff into the yeah. sky um yeah and, and us older people remember we, we you know we weren't inside playing video games all the time we had an atari um you know so we just got <laughs> we had to learn yeah. four kinds of clouds yeah so exactly we learned the four kinds of clouds we went outside we played all day long we were outside staring at the sky so it's a lot easier for us to notice the differences than the kids that are being born today who were born into it. Yeah. However, I, they talk about it. It's it's not a secret. Yeah. You yeah. can 
you can look up I, Operation Solar Shield and it tells you exactly what they're spraying. And Operation Indigo Skyfold. Um, I've got a video on that. I have an article called Kim Trails Operation Indigo Skyfold, the most secret covert black operation on this AM. And you can go there, find videos of Brennan talking about using them. Nice. Yeah. And, and the, 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 big the, the big question is to what exactly are they dropping on top of this? And well, I know they're not dropping um, happy pills and rainbows. You know, I can address. Uh, yeah, I can answer some of that. Yeah, please. I don't know all of it, but barium uh, and and aluminum, aluminum. Barium, barium, barium salts. You're you're Strong basically camps another one too. And then you, yeah, so you said and barium, just, barium and when aluminum. You, real quick, I'm when you say, um, yeah, but I want to mention that when you add uh, those things to what is in the water, the fluoride to you know, fluoride yeah. times yeah. a thousand it is an exponential. But beyond exponential, uh, just critical mass destruction effect on your brain. Yeah, it's calcification of uh, all the areas of your brain, especially in the pineal pineal glands. Yes, yeah. and then you know, then when you jump into it even further, as far as symbol or symbolism goes, barium B A, aluminum A L, ball B A A L. You know, so or bale, whatever you want to pronounce that. So I mean, yeah, and they're going to bury them, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh man, but I have to tell I've you. I've also joke. heard white blood cells, um, strontium white blood cells, different biologicals, uh, different bacteria. I got to tell I you a joke. They can put all kinds of stuff in there. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Man, this this made me think of a funny joke that uh, my wife showed me on YouTube the other day, and I'm so she likes to pick on me about kind of being a redneck sometimes. So she showed me a guy named uh, Red uh, something like redneck word of the day. I think it's called. I don't know. Anyway, uh, the word of the day was Deuteronomy. So I thought this was pr pretty funny. I wanted to hear what it was. Um, and he basically said something like this. Dude, I was protesting while conservative. They're after me. Deuteronomy. <laughs> <laughs> the redneck word of the day. <laughs> Deuteronomy. <laughs> I know. I, I love the, I'll never. I, I love yeah. those, man, because we all need to laugh, man. So I come across, like, especially the Mexican words of the day. <laughs> Always get a laugh out of those. Yeah. Watch that. What's that? <laughs> the Mexican ones. Oh, man, those are all great. <laughs> I know. It's all in pronunciation. Yeah. Um, so we got a question here. So does, and I want to hear both your opinions on this. Um, what do you guys think about Biden being an actor with a mask? And this is a good question. Um, I was having this discussion with my mom all the time, because even my mother, um, she recognizes when she sees Biden at different times that he doesn't look the same. Like right now we've got ball chin. Um, ball chin. Yeah. You know, but I yeah. also feel the same way about Hillary and many other ones. So a, what are your theories on the mask wears and B, why are we seeing them? Go ahead, John. I mean, I, I think they've always used doubles. I don't think it's, it's really that new. I think a lot of us are more aware of it right now. Uh, as to Biden in particular, I mean, the guy's inept, he's incompetent, and he struggles. There, there are probably times they have to use somebody in a mask or a body double to uh, poses him because he just can't make it. He's frail. Yeah. You know, we, we've always had doppelgangers. There have always been, you know, decoys or whatever. This is right. just on a larger scale. And it is, you know, so, you know, part of me and I do, I go back and forth. Like part of me thinks that they've been put down already and that they're just kind of using all these other people right here for exposure 
Um, and then, you know, cause I don't know. I, like I said, I go back and forth in this. I, I do, I do think there are decoys out there without question because, um, you know, Biden always comes up looking different. Matter of fact, the Trump that I saw sitting in court today didn't even look like older Trump. Hillary gains and loses weight quicker than anybody I've ever seen on this earth week to week. Yeah. Well, you know, um, actually just like John said, uh, the whole body doubles for uh, world leaders and celebrities and such. It's an industry. I mean, that's not even a known, uh, not even a secret. It's a known thing. It has been, and it's actually been around for probably thousands of years, but celebrities have been using these things. Uh, Hillary is known to use them and Biden's eye color and ears have changed numerous times. So um, yeah. I, I don't think it's that shocking. Uh, you know, whichever uh, puppet they're using that it doesn't matter because it's the same puppeteers. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what we should focus on. Yeah. And that, that's well, that's really well said. Um, Cause you know, it's one thing working in uh, the film industry, as long as I have the two hardest things to recreate, fortunately you don't have to recreate fingerprints too often, but an ear is similar to a fingerprint. Um, ears don't change. If you're born with attached lobes, you're not going to grow up with detached lobes. It's not going to happen, but ears are the hardest things to recreate when you're making masks in the film industry. Um, you know, so if you ever want to know who's who first thing you need to look at straight up the ears and then the eyes, you know, um, eyes are easier to change with contact and so forth. But like I said, ears not going to change. Um, Wiesman brings yeah. up a, a great, and I love this comment too. So I'm going to, as Wiesman, uh, 215 or 2015 says, well, if you hate God, then you are acknowledging his existence. And I just wanted to say that real quick. Cause he's right. And I hear a lot of people's like, oh, I hate God. I don't believe in God. I'm like, well, if you didn't believe in God, then you wouldn't hate him. Yeah, well, everybody believes in something. And if you don't believe in God, most people as atheists end up believing in statism or the government as God. And basically, the government has all authority and is basically worshipped as God and should have the right to do anything it wants. And um, that is, you know, a, a, a part of our nature. We have to have something higher than ourselves to look to. We have to have ideas to look to. We have to worship something in essence, whether it's money, whether it's God, whether it's this world, whether it's Satan, the enemy, whether it's uh, Trump or Biden or climate change or something. It's, it's all, I think, I think yeah. deep down we all want something to fall back on as a moral absolute. And if you don't have God to do that, you have to have something to fall back on as you're more absolute. Otherwise, everything becomes existentialist. I, I knew I knew um dude a while back. And he was he was more pagan than anything. He was a pagan. And whenever something good would happen in his life, he would thank the earth and thank, you know, his little pagan deities. But whenever anything bad happened into his life, he would automatically blame God. <laughs> you know, so it's just like, you know, I I and I always called him out on that and he could never give me a direct answer. I was like, well, how come when things don't go in your life, man, you blame it on God, you say that you don't believe him, but you blame him instantly. But then you thank the creation for the things that are good. And I see this. It doesn't surprise me anymore because the world's gotten a lot weirder since then with uh, people doing and saying stranger things. So, man, I have the greatest answer for those folks now. It's actually it's right there in the Bible. It's just like when Elijah was talking to the prophets of Baal. I mean, show us your power. You got none. Show us your prophecy. Show us your miracles. Show us your Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Show us your flood. You, you can't call the future from the past. Your gods are wood and stone. Oh, yeah. Um, Livin, do you have any uh, more questions for those lined up? Sure do. Okay, so this is to both of you. Do you think that Albert Pike wrote the letter? Did you vet the letter, compare it to his other letters, compare it 
to the words used in the time? See a digital copy versus someone else's written interpretation? That's about Albert Pike. See, I am trying to pull up my work on it. Um, I have uh, limitedly vet, uh, vetted it to a limited degree. Okay. I, I have gone down that rabbit hole pretty well. Um, I have an article called Freemasonry is Satanism. You can find all my research at uh, theserapayum.com slash rulers. Okay. It, or it's, called, it's called the rulers of darkness, the Illuminati's greatest secrets revealed. Okay. He's in the chat, so he's hearing what you're saying. Also, I have okay. another one. Okay, this is to both of you. Thoughts on rapture, pre-rapture, and post-rapture? Oh. <laughs> okay, you want to go first, John? This is uh, you can take that one first. Yeah, oh, go man. for it. Okay. See what you think. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is a touchy one. I mean, because people get emotional, and I had a neighbor uh, that we were, we were great friends. Our kids played together, and then she, like, uh, moved. She was renting, but then she moved away because, I think, because I did not agree with her on the tribulation. I think they see it um, on the rapture. But basically, in Matthew 24, verse 29, and uh, 30 and 31, it, it, Jesus tells us exactly when he would be coming, and it's after the tribulation of those days. So um, I, I think that people have gotten confused around some false teachings that began with dispensationalism and, and pre-tribulation rapture theory. And I think that that was uh, intentional to sideline Christians, get them on the couch, get them focused on uh, their own safety and comfort and not fighting for a better world because 90% of Christians these days, when you confront them with evil, and I'm including things like child trafficking as a child trafficking reporter, when I go to Christians in general, like here's an evil thing happening. What are you doing about it? Are you even telling people? Do you even know? Um, then generally it's like, well, you know what? I'm raptured um, and I'm okay. My family's okay. That's the attitude. So right. I, I think that it was basically a, a sideline way to bench Christians from a a, a good versus evil war when they should have been on the front lines. It, that's, I, I gotta yeah. say, yeah, that, I mean, that was really well said. Like I'm gonna put in my quick little, um, you know, info here and then I'll let uh, John take it from here. But, um, I always feel that, that, that there is a big disagreement on pre and post tribulation, but this is all that really matters. Do you have that relationship with Christ right now? Because if you have that relationship with Christ, whether it be a pre-trib or a post-trib, you're ready. You're set. You've got what you need in order to get into heaven. But even if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, we shouldn't be sitting on our butts because the devil uses idle hands. And he asked us, you know, to do on earth as we do in heaven. We've got work to do down here. We've got to protect these children. We've got to protect those that can't protect themselves. We have to expose the truth. So even as a very devout Christian— no matter which side of the tribulation you believe this is going to happen, we've got a job to do. We've got a mission to do. God didn't put us down here mm -hmm. just to play around. He has us out here doing his his work. So, you know, yeah. our job right now is to expose the truth, protect those that can't protect themselves, get ready to wield the sword and protect your family if that comes down to it. Um, but certainly neither way, pre or post, should we be sitting down and doing nothing. Jump. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys on on, both, on all of that. The one thing I would add is, um, when, you know, we say tribulation, and it's hard for an American to visualize being beheaded for your beliefs like Christians were after Jesus was crucified. But I would say that they believe they were in tribulation at that time, considering yeah. they were being hunted down and killed for their beliefs. 
Um, so tribulation can be a very subjective thing to the yeah. individual at, at any given point in time. In my opinion, I'm going to get raptured either way because I have faith in Christ and I believe he rose and died for my sins. So when I die, I'm getting raptured one way or another. I'm out when that time comes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to hang my eggs on a basket of me getting taken out of here before some bad crap happens to me. No. And there's nothing. To, God, <laughs> God said to fear not. You know what I'm saying? If you right. truly so, have that sincere faith in Christ, whether you live through tribulation and rapture afterwards or it happens before, you, you know what I'm saying? Don't fear. Stand up. Yeah. Know that God's going to get you through this. That's the beauty of, of having faith and that true, sincere faith in that relationship with Christ. And God is knowing that no matter yeah. what happens, you're going to be sheltered, fed, protected, and no enemy's weapon shall come against you. You know, we're, we're, we've got everything and our artillery that we need as long as we maintain that faith and, and repent and do what's right. Yeah. And I want to add something based on what John was saying there. Um, it, it, kind of in addition to what I was saying before, I guess, but basically things like tribulation or any kind of other prophecy, if you're trying to figure out what's happening or where we are, or what's going to happen in the future or, or any of that, um, you know, I would never have started to look into any of that stuff if I just thought I was going to get magic out of here before any trouble started. Uh, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had the kind of drive to, to spend that much time and effort and, and uh, emotional energy trying to go down these rabbit holes if I wasn't doing it to protect my family um, from something that I think is coming. But if we don't pay attention to um, for if, if we think that we're going to be magic out of here with a, a pre-trib rapture, for example, we're not going to be paying attention to specific signs and, and prophecy, um, prophetic signs, basically. Uh, for example, end times prophecies, for example, um, uh, some of the verses that specifically tell us to be watchful, not be asleep like others, uh, but to look for the signs, kind of the, the, the virgins with the uh, oil in their lamps references and such. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of those basically telling us that we're supposed to be looking for prophecies as they happen. We're yes. supposed to be watching for signs. And we wouldn't do that if we just don't care because we're covered. Yeah, well said. You know, the, I love these conversations. I love the questions that are coming into. Um, I've got one right here. This is from Montana, dude. And it's another great question. Is do humans have dominion over the Nephilim given that man was given dominion over all that is in the earth? Ooh, yes and no. Um, so man was given dominion over all that was in the earth before there were Nephilim. And Nephilim basically have a claim to man's claim because they are part man. But then again, God has promised a war between man and Nephilim right there in Genesis 3.15. Also, again, with Amalek, uh, a war every generation, and on and on and on. So you see there's, there's this war. And the theme that plays out is this. When you follow God's law, you are covered. You're in Goshen-like safety while the plagues rain down upon you uh, or upon your neighbors in Egypt. However, if you do not follow God's law, he will give you to the Jews to die. So faith, again, it, it comes back to faith yeah. every time. Yeah. How, how You know, a measure of your faith, a, a mustard seed can move mountains, so. Exactly. And, you know, that's the thing is that we need to have more than the mustard seed um, of that faith. But, you know, by holding the God's law, by listening to him, by fearing not, you're going to have everything that you need. And we're going to learn things that we're capable of that we have doubt in now. And 
all it takes is like just one event. The same thing that I was saying earlier when we were pre-show is that, you know, I feel that there's going to be an event that's coming soon. And, and I, <coughs> matter of fact, oddly enough, the event that I always use when I give an analogy or my example is something so big that everyone's connected to it. And the one thing other than God that we're all connected to is the earth. So what would happen if, you know, you were to prove something like that everyone's been taught their whole lives, global, global, global earth, and then to find out that it's a flat or a biblical earth, you know, that would be something that would literally start making people at least think and start digesting the conspiracy that they've always been taught was a conspiracy theory. And mm -hmm. people would wake up, you know, but sadly at the same time, and I, you know, in Matthew says, you know, that there'd be Christians that basically went cold, that, that turned their back to God. And I think that some of these events we're going to see for some of the people that don't have that true, sincere understanding of scripture and faith are going to lose their faith. And, you know, because it, it's going to destroy the fabric of everything that they thought they understood. Um, you know, there was a, a guy that goes around to different colleges um, and he talks to kids that are kind of reluctant about scripture, about scripture, and he lets them ask them, you know, some of the hardest questions. A lot of these kids just want to prove him wrong. And the guy's like, look, I'm not here to prove you wrong. I'm, I'm here to show you that scripture's right. And the kid asked about, you know, why aren't dinosaurs mentioned in the Bible? Well, first off, my opinion, I'm like, well, dragons are. And the word dinosaur didn't come around until like the late 1800s, yeah. 1900s. It's a, it's a pretty new word. But he made yeah. a, a great point. He goes, show me one book in all of history that has every detail of that history. And then I want you to ask yourself this. Does knowing that dinosaurs existed affect your life in any way today? Does it give you a chance at salvation? Does it help you become a better psychiatrist? He goes, it doesn't. So there's certain things that even if they did exist, wouldn't matter to put in there because it doesn't change what's important in your life today. Yeah. Well, everybody, uh, all the details in the Bible were included for a reason, but I mean, the Bible's filled with dinosaurs from behemoth to evidences for the flood in the time of all flesh corrupted when violence increased on the earth. If you go look at flood evidences, you'll find dinosaurs uh, choking on mud and water all over the place. Right. Do yeah. they coexist yeah. with dragons, though? They call them dragons, but they mean the same thing. It's yeah. a, a terrible lizard, yeah. yeah. Terrible lizard or, you know, uh, I think dragon is terrible lizard and dino or t dinosaurs terrible lizard and dragon is um, fire lizard, basically. Yeah. So okay. same thing. Okay. Yeah, reptile. Very, very basic uh, etymology there. Yeah. <laughs> so don't, if you're an etymologist or whatever, don't like you know, grill me on that. That was a very rough interpretation. <laughs> basically, the two words roughly mean the same thing. Okay. Yeah. I have a question. What uh, red and blue light frequency spectrums and how have how how they have been used to affect impede humanity's advancement and enlightenment? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Uh, well, um, they, they can give you cancer if you have a, the wrong light, for example, blue light spectrum on you for too long. Yeah. They can mess with your eyes. Um, they use light a lot in television and uh, electronic equipment and iPads and uh, computer screens and such. In negative ways, intentionally, it seems like some of the patents and the flicker rate stuff and all that trying to sedate you, uh, put you in a, a receptive state. So uh, you could look at some of the, the manipulations and technology, for example, um, but some of the more interesting stuff, in my opinion, is the way that they're using light. Um, you know, in our lifetimes, we've basically perfected or not perfected, but we've sort of pioneered a new type of light that hasn't really been around for thousands of years called lasers, which is a, a pure direct light. 
Um, most light is diffused, not direct like that. Uh, even in a flashlight, you're just sort of, you're coning a diffused light. It's not a pure direct light. It's not a beam. But with a laser, you actually have a beam. I mean, we're, we're using beams for all kinds of interesting and exciting things now. Um, so maybe we'll get lightsabers one day. I don't know. That'd be a lot easier than a chainsaw. Sure, I could use one of those. Hit on oh, to what that'd I was be about great. <laughs> I don't want a jetpack. Oh, I want a lightsaber. Lord. I think I've mentioned the word lightsaber yeah. on this show as much as God. Well, not not really, but <laughs> I'm like, man, I want a lightsaber. <laughs> Maybe you'll get to have a lightsaber and fight for God against giants before oh, it's over, how bro. How awesome would that be? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm go for the Jesus, Achilles behind Jesus, I, behind Micah with my lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> yep, That's awesome. That's how it should go. Um, and you know, we are in a way we are fighting giants. It's a new type of war. It's a propaganda information war, but we're in the trenches and we are the mustard seed. I mean, I don't, I don't pretend to know God's mind on that, but I mean, one way you could look at that analogy of a mustard seed is something tiny that grows big over time that becomes mighty, but had very small starts. I mean, uh, what we're talking about right now, all of the people listening to this right now, we're already past the mustard seed phase. I mean, there are people out there now discussing these issues at a more mainstream level. I mean, I'm hearing other influencers, for example, use the term seed war all the time now uh, on bigger and bigger shows uh, more and more. So you're starting to see these biblical truths surface, just like you're starting to see more and more people pretend biblical. Yes. And and God said he was going to bring the truth out. The, the veil would be lifted. Yes. People would see the yes. truth. And, you know, right before the show, we'll discuss this tomorrow because we're not doing anything on the news today, but Marshall Blackburn is putting forth um, something right now in order <clears throat> to subpoena the Epstein flight logs. And, and we, you know, we were talking about this, about, you know, we, we, who knows if we're going to see any kind of justice from this. But right now, the most important thing is the exposure, letting people see that this isn't a conspiracy theory, just like they put off the whole Pizzagate thing. Um, wake people up to something that we can all agree on. And for the most part, we can agree. Well, for the most part, and I say that loosely because there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that are like, yeah, we think abortion should be illegal. Um, protecting the children. And I think we can, for the most part, no matter what party, culture, anything that you're in, we can agree with that. So, and we're seeing a lot of different forms of uh, public exposure and truth being revealed right now, um, faster than we've ever seen it before, which is another fulfilling of God promises. Right. So the uh, seed war one note was from, uh, was it Genesis four or five? Uh, Genesis three fifteen. Probably. Okay, three fifteen, where uh, it tells uh, where God tells Eve that there's going to be an enmity between his her seed and um, Satan's seed. Yeah. Oh. oh wow. Um, next question we got. This was for Dustin, and this is good too because I always like uh, you know, I always say that if you guys want to know history, um, you're better off watching a movie or reading a uh, you know a book than reading historical documents and so forth like that, because we've been filled with lies and they sneak truth into entertainment. So his question was, was the character Van Helsing an interpretation of the Levite task with hunting demons? And that would be pretty cool. I'd look at it in a whole different way. <laughs> ah, that's interesting. Um, I don't know about that, but the, uh, I can tell you that Bram Stoker's character was based with the aquiline nose, the famous hooked nose of the bad guy that bad guys in movies used to have. 
And uh, he has no uh, reflection. He has no uh, soul when he looks in the mirror. And really, actually, if you look into it, the vampiric myths all stem back to wish blood sacrifice, adrenochrome rituals. Yeah. And see, that's what I always said, too, is that everything in history, from werewolves to vampires to everything else, has got some truth within it. And it all has roots. Yeah. Yeah. So the more I learned about adrenochrome and how that worked and beautifulness and, you know, and so forth, I, I instantly was like, okay, there are your vampires. It's real. It works. If you write down the right names and baby blood, things will show up that yep. you don't want to meet. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Lennon's got a question she's going to bring in here from uh, Robin. Yes, that's okay. from Robin. Um, she would like to ask you, Dustin, and, and of course, you too, John, your research on Isaiah and, I'm sorry, Isaiah and Revelation talking about Babylon falling in one day and the warning for people to flee Babylon without before that happens. Thoughts on the subject. Is Babylon a system, a country? Is there really any place to go flee to? That's a great question. Yeah. And honestly, I have no idea. I, um, I have, I have, go ahead, John. And I've read it so many times and I, it's really hard to put a finger on it, in my opinion, and narrow it down to anything specific. You know, I, I I'm going to put in my two cents real quick before Dustin takes over with this one. Um, I always said this, you know, cause I had dreams as a kid and like I said, once again, not a prophet. But I believe that, you know, God does give individual visions. He even told us that we would prophesy at some point. Um, but what I was seeing in the dream that I would have, and I'm talking when I was like eight, nine years old, um, is that God, with those of faith, God would talk to you through your visions and your dreams and would literally lead you to a safe place. And, and you know, if, if you listen and you knew how to talk and if you have that relationship, then you're open to hearing what God has to say. And in one of the dreams that I had, um, I would always bring people to a safe spot and then leave to go find more people. And I would always forget where I was sent. Um, but I would find the people and then I would have to, you know, God would have to talk to me again and lead me back. So he basically made me forget where the safe place was every time I left it. You know, in, in my opinion, it was, uh, you know, so if someone was to come up and try to interrogate me, I wouldn't have the answer plausible deniability yeah exactly yeah okay so i i'm i'm kind of trying to remember the question but i, I know Eze it. ezekiel 36 first i know part of it at least um the, the prophetic mountains of safety for believers in the end times ezekiel 36 has a lot of detail here and i believe that that is a reference to basically the west and i think that people are going to flee to the mountains uh basically and it's going to be fortified by all the numbers of Christians and, and believers fleeing there at the end. And that's where the, uh, the, the, a lot of the final fighting is going to happen, the final battle or, or uh, Obadiah 18 and all the things there as well are going to sort of uh, culminate there. And um, uh, can you, yeah, read it again if you don't mind. Okay. Hold on. Let me. Okay. So she wants to know she the research on Isaiah and Revelation talking about Babylon falling in one day and warning for the people to flee Babylon before that happens. Thoughts on this subject. Is Babylon a system or a country? Is there really any place for them to flee? Okay, so with Babylon and, you know, I don't, I don't know as much about um, or I don't want to go into much as much about Isaiah and like the one day okay. part and the prophecy in detail right now. 
However, I do have an article that goes into what Babylon is in a lot of detail that I can just link you to called Catholicism, the Scarlet Whore of Babylon. Yeah. It's on the Serapeum. And basically, if you look at Revelation 17, verses 3 to 6, talking about Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, um, and all of the specific, I mean, very specific references, like being on seven hills, uh, the specific colors, the specific doctrines, all of those things uh, are describing the actual Catholic uh, Church of Rome. I mean, in, in fine detail, I mean, they have the exact same altar as the witches use. They have Mithraism with Christian names. That's their uh, pagan Roman Christian amalgamation. But basically, the story of, of Catholic Rome was uh, Romans were killing Christians for a long time. Christians just kept getting bigger and bigger. Then they finally decided to legalize Christianity and merge it with paganism because it was creating a political ruckus under pay, lifelong pagan Emperor Constantine, who was a pagan his entire life. He just faked it when he supposedly shifted over. He was the real first pope. And then within 80 years, they had outlawed every other form of Christianity except for the Easter and Christmas Nicene Christianity. And they would still start killing you if you read the Bible or translated the Bible uh, or were a Christian of any other sort. And that is the history of the Roman church. Um, most of the dark ages were them burning Christians for reading the Bible. I mean, that's And yeah, the, the premise of the Arthurian history was to, you know, uniting the Christians and the pagans, bringing them together. Yeah. I mean, their, their audience hall looks like a serpent's head. Uh, their uh, uh, entire modus operandi is uh, pedophilia control and subterfuge and infiltration. The Jesuits are basically the Jewish rulers of the Catholic Church and have been behind most of the persecution of the Christians under Loyalists, the first Jesuit, a Jew as well, and on. And um, uh, you basically see every part of their, I, I can go into specific detail. I have a debate coming up and it's on, it's all in my article. I mean, we go through the Mariolatry, <coughs> we go through the lawless grace, we go through repetitive prayer, Easter, Christmas, the Sunday, uh, instead of the Sabbath. I mean, they basically outlaw the Sabbath immediately. So there's so many things here. We go through supposedly Peter being the first Pope never happened, was never even in Rome. Um, we go through all of it. They got nothing. Nice. I even, so I even have... <laughs> I even have a section called can't read good and I don't mean to be offensive, but they cannot, they can't, they can't, they can't read the Bible where it says, for example, call no man father. And they call every right. father. It's just one basic example. Sorry, go ahead. So you think mystery Babylon is the Roman Catholic system? Um, Babylon, the great, the specific city and church, which is referenced as a female, just like the other end times yeah. churches kind of called right. out as a woman, sort of, you know, the woman in times churches, uh, it is the, it is the Roman church. Now, mystery Babylon, the system, the religion itself is worldwide. And it's basically the secret societies because they all worship the same, as you said earlier, the same origins. So Freemasonry is the biggest example, but Freemasonry is just Judaism for non-Jews, and Jews admit this. They, they say, basically, if you take away, and I'm going to quote a Jewish newspaper, if you take away Judaism from Freemasonry, what is left? Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's right. Wow. So that's who rules the world. You also have theosophy. You have some of these other little lesser known, like skull and bones types, but it's all going back to the same thing. Why does skull and bones have 322 in their skull and bones symbol? Genesis three two two, you shall be as gods. That the the ref, I think that's the reference, or, or very close to that reference. One of those, you shall be as gods type references. Um, but right. that's basically their their whole thing. It all goes back to 
one side or the other of a war. Either they're on God's side or they're on the system's side. And we know who the God of this world is. And the the, the stranglehold is not minor. I mean, just like God said, I mean, he rule, he's the God of this world. They he chose is, him. Is, he yeah. rules every government in this world to such a degree that every single government in this world is teaching their own children uh, to poison themselves with vax, teaching their own children a fake cosmology with globe earth, teaching their children to doubt God with evolution, teaching their children at this point, almost to, to change their own sex oh, yeah. and do lifelong alterations of, yeah. I mean, this is getting pretty obvious at this point, we can't trust the science, but it's been that way for a long time, 500 years of fake science oh, called scientism. Right. And it, it that's is. the great deception. It's every little thing, you know, you, you bring up the, the whole um, sex change thing. It's like, well, God made a mistake and didn't make you the way that you were supposed to be, you know, it did. And the kids are like, oh, okay. Well, and it's indoctrination, especially starting with the kids. That's why I would say the most important thing for us as Christians is to start with the kids, let them understand from the very beginning who God is, what God is to us. Um, repentance and so forth. Start them off understanding what sin is so they don't become the sinners. And let them know that they were beautifully and wonderfully made. And perfectly made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, quick, uh, well, real quick question, real quick. So this uh, came to us the other night. Um, why did you name your uh, website um, Sarah Pam? <laughs> oh, man. It's a great question. And I deserve every bit of the, the, uh, flack that I get for this. I was trying to be creative and I was looking for something around the library of Alexandria. And the only thing that survived of the great sacking and burning of Alexandria and all that ancient knowledge was uh, the basement. And it was called the Serapeum. And uh, it was sort of a storage chamber for knowledge. But later I realized that the Serapeum is actually sort of like a deity connection to Serapis or Serapsis or something. But yeah, I explained it like this. I mean, I want to change the name to Hidden History but it's hard to do so with my website. I'm, yeah. I'm very much interested in doing so. But also, like, it's just like colleges today. I mean, they've got like Rockefeller and Rothschild on all the names of the buildings. That's just sort of how it was in those days. The state paid for all the buildings and they put gods or gods, goddesses' names on literally everything. So any library is likely to have that sort of thing, unless it was an actual like Christian church having their own books and such. Yeah. So any major state controlled library is going to be called some sort of like Rockefeller this, Rothschild that. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Cause that was one of the questions that we had. Um, I'm going to ask one more and then I'll let you get back to those questions. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I hate that name actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and you're right. And I can see that because it haunts um, me. It's cause I've done that too. It's I'm yeah. like, I come up with something, but once you get it up on a website and everyone knows what the dot com is, they get so used to it. It becomes really difficult to change because then no it's one knows where hard. to find you any longer. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I'd have to change thousands of pages too. And it's just yeah. me. Yeah. And I, I can barely keep up. And I, I was so interested in the information and getting the information out to people, especially the seed war stuff and the biblical earth stuff. And it was just all swimming in my head. And I was doing that 200, 300 hour documentary series. And I, I was just lazy about building a website. Change it to Seraphim. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Matt asked uh, if Israel is controlled by the Edomites, essentially, should we want as Christians to support Israel like the Bible tells us to do in order to receive God's blessing? So Israel in the Bible, you have to think about like how God uses the word Israel. Like there's Israel, the man, and then there's Israel, the nation for a while, but then mostly Israel is the people. 
So in any time, like the end times, when you see God talking about Israel, it's, it's the people of Israel. Um, and you can see that in the context. So the people of Israel, just like um, I've pointed out in some of the other things, I think I've shown on your, on your show before, is the West. I mean, America is Manasseh. It's right there in Leviticus 26, 18, specifically by the math, just do the, the, the math on that by the conquering dates. And I have an article breaking this down. But um, you get the, I think it's seven times 360 years, 2,520 years later after the conquering dates, you get 1776. And then um, I'm just going off memory with the math. And then the same thing with the UK, 1801 AD, I believe. Uh, so they were conquered by the Assyrians and then Manasseh and Ephraim, exactly according to God's prophecy in Leviticus 26, 18, 2,520 or 80 years later. You get America, you get the UK. So really, if you want to bless Israel, you need to bless the West who are being attacked by the end times enemy, Edom, who are in desperate need of salvation, who are being extincted right now in their own nations by the replacement plan and the vaccine agenda and the, 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 the porn agenda and the, you know, all of these other things that are happening in our nations. You don't see this being done to Asian countries or African countries. Israel has a 20 foot something wall with razor wire all over it, but only us. We are the chosen Israelite people. We are the West. It's right there in the American flag, the 13 tribes, um, the 13 colonies. They're actually laid out in almost the same way that the 13 tribes were, if you look at the original 13 colonies of the U.S. geographically. See, that's interesting, too. That's one thing that we we discussed here before is that, you know, we have been deceived on so many levels our whole lives. Like a lot of what we, you know, that's why it's so important that when you pray to God that you don't ask him for knowledge but wisdom because wisdom yeah. allows us to take knowledge and, and know what's right, what's wrong, right along with that discernment. And I wonder, you know, how would we know? How would we know what landmass is really where? You know what I'm saying? Like we've been told that this is this happened here, this happened here, this happened here, but how would we really know that? And all in all, um, you know, it, it's not a big deal, but it, it's easy to deceive people when you're telling them, you know, for all we know, and I, I always use this as a joke, is that one of the tribes ended up in Scotland. And I've actually read some theories, but it's just theories. It's out of scripture. So, you know, once again, guys, just an opinion, True. you know, here True. that that Dan's tribe ended up in the Scottish area, you know, so and we don't know. And then plus, if, you know, <laughs> with, with the tribe of Dan, his crest was an eagle and he was an archer. And if you look at what the American flag is, or the uh, presidential seal is an eagle holding, what is it, 13 arrows? I believe so. The, I think. The, the, yeah, the reason it is, and the reason that Scots wear kilts in a cold environment is because they came <laughs> from Egypt in a hot environment, and they were Joseph's children. Yeah. Um, it's actually, it all goes back to the same thing. Yes, Scots are of the tribes. There are uh, ancient connections. Um, the Declaration of Arboroth, for example, there's a lot of things that go into this, but um, I also want to just kind of touch on what we're talking about there. And I don't want to be mean, but I want to be I want to be a little controversial, maybe just say something that's going to offend people just so that it sticks, because pe people have a hard time when I say that Edom is pretending to be Israel because it doesn't I don't think it's clicking with a lot of people because they don't study the Bible deeply or regularly. But when I say Edom is pretending to be Israel and Obadiah 18 is the end of Edom, I'm saying that. God is going to kill every single Jew on earth, babies included. There will be not a single one remaining in Obadiah 18. I know that that sounds mean, but this is the end of what he started in the flood. 
And it's right there in Obadiah 18. And he says that not a single one of the house of Esau will be remaining. So this is a rough, real rough truth in today's world to try to tell people. But that's what's going to happen to the people who are calling themselves Israel. And that's Obadiah 18. And I suspect it's going to happen within four years. This is really right back to leave nothing alive, just like Joshua was commanded. That was the Jews God was talking about. Um, one note ask uh, if you could explain the seed war, but I believe you, you've written stuff on this. Yeah. So um, if you did, did that, go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't yeah. sure when that one came through. I'm, I'm behind on Yeah, on I know you the... are. You, that's why I was wondering, because I have one right now. Um, this is from um, Faith. How do you counter those who believe that all prophecies has already been fulfilled around AD 70, that I should not be on Israel because it was purchased and set up by the Rothschilds? I feel Father can use anyone to bring about his purchase. Nothing can throth his will and purpose. So uh, first, Israel was prophesied to come back into a land of her own, not Jerusalem, which was taken from uh, Israel by God and was promised. In fact, when David was in the height of his power, God was promising a new land, a different land one day that he would plant them somewhere else. But also, um, uh, you know, to, to, to debunk the, the preterist argument there, which is it's called preterism, the idea that basically the Bible already happened and, and all of this is over and the, the prophecies are already done and everything's over. It's just all past tense for wisdom, basically. And, and that yeah, could certainly not be further from the truth. Um, uh, first, 2 Thessalonians 2, 2, right there, 2, 2, 2. It's easy to remember. Uh, the occasion of Paul's writing to the Thessalonians was to correct some of the errors concerning the end times that the believers had heard from false teachers. Among the falsehoods was that, quote, the day of Yahweh has already come. Now, the day of Yahweh, or as they write today, the day of the Lord, has not already come. And Paul was already telling people this back then, that you should not be saying these things have already happened. But people even still today are spreading this doctrine of devils, and it's intentional. It's, it's, it's not every single individual doing it on purpose. It's because there are leaders spreading lies very, very subtly. If you want to debunk this, you go right back to their main proof text, and you can read my article. It's called uh, Preterism Debunked on theserapeum.com. But right there, number one of the top six reasons of many to, debunk, to reject preterism is Matthew 24. Now, they're trying to tell you that when Jesus is saying this generation, he means this generation right now. But if you go back one verse, he's telling you which generation he's actually talking about, the one that would see all of these things he's describing come to pass. And then he says this this generation, as in that generation that I just described, this generation is going to see these things come to pass. And he also said he wouldn't even he didn't even know when it would happen. So how could he be telling the people then? that it would happen in their lifetime if he did not know when it would happen. He would be himself a liar. So the yeah. preterist position is that Jesus lied and that he was not saying what he obviously said. Oh, thank you. That's good. Well, that and if, if all the prophecies had been fulfilled, then everybody would have seen Christ return in the clouds of power and great glory. And the res- second exactly. resurrection would be over, the end times right. battle, so, everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's obviously not finished. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Not yet, unfortunately, but it is coming soon. And, you know, I've got the unfortunate uh, sort of uphill battle to convince the Christian world, the whole whole world, that Christians have been deceived by Jews who are not the actual people of the Bible. And Christians are going to want to kill me for it. 
frankly. Hey, well, you know, I get what? a lot of heat for this. That's okay because Jesus said it was going to happen. He said that one day you will be persecuted for just like I for loving me, for following me. And you know what? That's a privilege. I will happily yeah. die serving my father. I don't care how gruesome it is, you know, but I'm, I'm but I've got to work on my in my end line. You know, the last words that come out of your mouth is going to be the coolest thing ever. Like, oh, wait, Jesus is coming for you. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to mess that yeah. one up. Yeah. Can yeah. I say I'm actually looking forward to the guillotines? <laughs> Bring them on. Exactly. Yeah. Well, That's guys, a way to go out in glory, man. Amen. Amen. Well, man, we are out of time. The oh, flew by, awesome. flew by. Um, what a great episode. Um, your questions were absolutely great. It's been a wonderful discussion. Um, John and uh, Dustin, um, I always love having you guys on. Um, we're gonna have to do this again sometime mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Um, John, yeah. John's on every Thursday. Um, and I know that he, you enjoyed this as well. Matter of fact, John was the one that asked me if we could uh, bring you on for a Thursday, Dustin, so that we could yeah. do something like this. So. I love it, man. I enjoy these as well. Awesome. You want to come back for our Bible one? <laughs> We're, is our it, Bible giveaway. Yeah. Is I, it on a Thursday? We can make it make You can do it on a Thursday. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, whatever you guys want to do. Just send me the details. I'm okay. pretty flexible. Perfect. Because we, we do um, every Christmas, what yeah. we do is we, we purchase a bunch of uh, Kilted Christian hats and, and uh, make the sweatshirts and T-shirts mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And we do what we call the... Uh, Kilt the Christian um, biblical question giveaway. So, you know, what we'll do nice. is we'll, ha we'll have you on and let you ask some questions and, you, you know, go. see if people cool. can answer those. And then what we do is we'll, you know, let them know, okay, this is, this question is going to be for a black and pink kilted yeah. Christian hat, you know? Dude. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have the best trivia questions too, man. Oh man, that would be fun. Awesome. Good. Yeah. So we'll, we'll reverse it. We'll let you ask some questions, but we'll, hey. we'll certainly invite you on, um, you Before and John, then. um, on for our Christmas special that we do. We generally do it towards the first of December. Yeah. You know, you know, surprisingly, and I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked about this, but since I started talking about how the world is, is flat and biblical and young and, and geocentric and stationary and domed with a firmament and how there are actual demons who run the deep state and control our politics from Israel. I have not been invited to that many interviews and I just, I'm not as busy as I used to be. So I'm pretty flexible for you. Well, that's that's beautiful. Beautiful. Isn't that funny? <laughs> a little we'll irony there. But you know, it's, it's, it's the truth and I'm going to, I'm going to die on that. one. Oh man. Well, brother, yeah. you know, you. you, you are one of the sincere ones out there. Um, you're, it's an absolute privilege having you on. Um, like I said, you are a brother, John, you, you, man, you know, I love you, brother, man. He's like my Kentucky brother and yeah. Dustin, if poo hits the fan, you got a place to come to, brother, yep. you and your family. Yep. Thank you very much. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. I want to thank you, you know, once again for coming on tonight. It was a great episode as always. Um, you know, we'll get you back on soon, but we'll definitely have you both back here for the uh, the Christmas special. Ask a little bit of questions. Have a little fun. Give some stuff out. Like I said, you know, we don't we like to make the merch, but we don't like to sell it. You know, we we yeah. Don't, don't like profiting um, off of, you know, show about God. So what we do is if we ever do sell some, somebody wants it after yeah. we charge them what it costs us to make, make it, and don't yeah. make profit off of it. Um, and then we always love doing these little Christmas giveaways because it's fun. People get to answer questions, um, answer questions. One gift goes to each person. And when Mary Flightworks answers every question, <laughs> she can... I, think <laughs> I think Dustin's going to stump her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for those questions. But, but while, what they'll do is they'll kick it down to someone else so yes. that everyone, you know, ultimately gets, um, you know, something. Absolutely. And uh, 
we try to do as many as we possibly can. And for those of you who are asking about Boilerman, he was heading home from work mm-hmm. and uh, he's fine. I, I got back. I shouldn't have paused yeah. there. Yeah. Um, it just had some reception issues. So um, we're talking to him right now about coming on our Sunday's Brothers in the Bible. Absolutely. So um, he will more than likely be joining us on Sunday. So, but uh, once again, before we get into prayer, I always want to say goodbye and thank you, Dustin. Brother, I love you. I know you got a family to get to, but we are, are always thankful to have you join us. Yes. It's always a great time. Thank you guys for having me on. It's Absolutely. a pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the time with us, man. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good really seeing you, John. You too. Have a blessed week. And then, John, brother, I know you're going to be here with us through the prayer. Unless you want to pray, but you know me, man. I'm always ready for a little bit. No, you, you take that away. Right. You are a prayer master. <laughs> Living, you want to follow me? <laughs> I'm just teasing. Oh, no, I don't. I'll just say it be quietly to myself. All right, everybody, if you would please bow your heads, we will get into a little bit of spiritual warfare and head on out to the other shows. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for the honor and the privilege of being here at this very time. Father, some days are a little more rough than others, dear Lord, but you get us through it. We just reach out in prayer. Some days I make more mistakes on other days, dear Lord. But you listen to me and you forgive me when I repent. And then I'm just better every single day. And as we each are, dear Lord, and I thank you. I thank you for having the the patience in us to bring us to where we are. Whether it was earlier in our lives or later in our lives, dear Lord, it's never too late. There's no better time today to find you in there in your hearts, dear Lord, than today. Because we weren't promised a tomorrow. So I ask, Father, that you bless everybody with that ability, that that. Just light something in their heart, dear Lord, they don't know you yet. Let us set out and do everything that we can in this world to help others, dear Lord, not through our words, but through the actions that we do, dear Lord. Let the fruits that we bear excite others to reach out, to start looking into Scripture, to start asking those questions, because no one asks questions if they're not interested. So, dear Lord, let us just start one person at a time. Let us not worry about helping a thousand souls find you, just one soul at a time. Because then our army becomes bigger, and then they become active. Spreading that gospel, introduce them to you as well. Dear Lord, I ask there in these times that you give us patience with others, the same that you had with us. Allow us to pray and to forgive our enemies, dear Lord, so that we can pull them over to become and just build this army even bigger. Dear Lord, let us not be the ones that turn our back on you when those times get tough. Let us just find strength and have a better faith than we ever had, dear Lord. When the time comes where things get really rough, dear Lord, and there's no time to even go back for our cloaks, dear Lord, give us the discernment, the wisdom, and the enlightenment to know where we need to go. Let us learn how to listen better if we're having trouble listening now. Speak to us in a way that we can all understand, dear Lord, so that we are always aware of where we need to be and where we need to go. Dear Lord, don't just let us worry about ourselves. Let us worry about our sisters and our brethren as well. Because, dear Lord, they need to find that safety as well, and we need to work together. During these times, Father, as many people are doing their best to try to divide us, let us find unity. Let us grow a stronger bond with each other as all of your children as we walk down this path. As one of us stumbles, dear Lord, let us be another one right there to pick them up. Because one day they're going to be there to do the same exact thing for us. So, dear Lord, thank you for bringing us to where we are, and thank you for where you're going to bring us tomorrow if you see it fit to give us another day. Dear Lord, let us never take anything for granted. Let us appreciate everything that comes into our lives and then give you thank you for bringing this into our lives. Where there's a little bit of tribulation and turmoil, dear Lord, let us learn the lessons 
that you are trying to teach us. Let us use your guidance in that turmoil to strengthen ourselves, to find courage, to become stronger, to build our faith, to strengthen our relationship with you, dear Lord, and to help others do the same. Let us never blame you for the things that happen, but thank you for what comes out of it. Because we may not understand the prayer that you answered today, but one day we will, Father. We'll see exactly why you brought into our lives the things that you did. So I'm going to go ahead and thank you. And thank you for answering all the prayers. I ask, Father, that you be with Patriot Girl's husband and that family right now continually. Just continue to bless them and help them through these times. Be with Jeff, my brother, and his wife, um, Insidious, dear Lord, and to help them find what they need. Help her find that job at home so she can spend more time in Scripture and with her husband and help Jeff get back on his feet, dear Lord, so we can come back to Kilted Christian Brothers in the Bible and the show that I know he wants to do. But, Father, I know one thing is that he's not sitting on his hands at home. He's reading that scripture as we all should be. So, dear Lord, if you give us downtime, if the electricity goes off, if we lose all of that communication, dear Lord, let us focus back on that scripture. Let us not waste a moment. Let us acclimate ourselves more and more to the words that you were trying to tell us. We have a better understanding as to where we're walking. But, Father, in the meantime, take away our fear, our anxiety, our stress, and turn it into motivation and love to help others. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, guys, it was an absolute pleasure to have you both here. Um, I love you so much. I am blessed to know both of you. Um, and like I said, John, you're here every Thursday. Dustin, if you just sit at home bored when they are like, man, yep. I need to do something, give us a call. We'll bring you on. <laughs> Yep. Anytime. <laughs> or if you have oh, I don't get time. to have uh, sitting at home being bored, yeah, man. I got yeah. the garden and three kids and a, a news business, but yeah, exactly. I will be available for you guys anytime. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Livin, thank yep. you so much for the that questions you were asking and everything that you do behind the scenes. You're a phenomenal producer. She gets a lot done, guys. I'll tell you, um, <laughs> it's endless. She's the one that takes care of all of our emails and everything like that, keeping everything on track, keeping me on track so that I can do all the research here and uh, bring you the show. But guys, I want to thank all of you here in the chat as well. Great questions. I love you all. You guys are amazing. I'm so thankful to be part of this family. And for those of you who are going to be listening to this show later on after it's published, thanks for the questions you sent. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. I love you all very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful night. And I leave you with this. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we held At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's bigger The bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night That our flag was Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the 
Have an absolutely beautiful rest of your night. Thank you so much for joining us for Kilted Christian episode 482. MSM Liars and Dustin Nemos Boilerman will be joining us more than likely on Sunday. He could not make it. Like I said, he had some issues with uh, cell. But you know what? We were just complaining about technology at the beginning of this. But guys, I love you all very, very much. I am so thankful for all that you do. Remember, we are fortunate enough to know how this ends. Hold that line because God wins. Just hold on to that mission. Do everything that God asks you to do. Reach out to him in prayer. Repent, repent, repent. And then ask God for that guidance when times get rough because he will take care of you. That's his promise. Guys, I love you very, very much. We will see you tomorrow evening for episode 483 of Kilted Christian. Have a beautiful night and God bless.